Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Between the Panels. It's me, Prometheus. What? what? It's me, Ice. Yes, my co-host in crime, Ice, the Ice Man. Whoosh. That's me freezing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's cold-blooded. But yes, it's it's been a while since we've done a podcast. I apologize. I've been very busy with stuff in my personal life. Um, rooting out Hydra from S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, just trying to get the earworm that is Batman or Superman out of my brain. You know, important stuff like that. You know, things that you, <laughs> you cannot take lightly. But we are back. I'm going to strap on my, my Hal Jordans and uh, hopefully deliver a exciting podcast. <clears throat> so, of course, the uh, the movie that's on everyone's minds that... <laughs> came out, I believe, on Thursday, last Thursday or Friday. Yeah, Thursday with the like preview night screenings. Yeah, which so. I I don't you know all the movies now when they you know uh, when they typically come out on Fridays, they, they, it's rare for a movie to do a Wednesday because Wednesday used to be like it used to be Wednesdays and Fridays, but uh, Wednesdays but you know now it's really only when there's like a major holiday going on in the U.S. So now with all the movies coming out on Friday, they they have like those Thursday night shows and it's not even preview night because it's like. They used to be when the movie starts at midnight, which is the, you know still Friday. Yeah. But now they have those movies. Now you have like theater showing them like at six, seven o'clock. Let's just say movie comes out on Thursday now and be done with it. I, I'm calling it now. Before long, it's just gonna start on like Monday night. Like they're just gonna keep pushing it back so much that it's just gonna be like, all right, here's a sneak preview. Here's a sneak preview to the sneak preview. <laughs> they, they, they they're gonna start showing movies on Sunday. And they'll give you like. Like 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 twenty minutes each day up until Friday, they give you the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like yeah, it's gonna get to the point where they're just gonna run out of days to push it back to. You know, it's like <laughs> we're gonna start. We're gonna have to start making up. You know, like days. Let, let's do Futurama. Let's do a uh, Friday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope somebody gets that joke. Uh, I'm sure somebody out there, someone somewhere out in the cosmos. But anyway, we got <laughs> Captain America Civil War. So, at, the consensus is pretty much that it was awesome. It was awesome for a lot of reasons. So instead of just gushing over the film, I'm just going to point out like the few problems I had with it. Just because, of course, i got to start off with the negative, get into the positive. Like, early on in the film, um, I would say maybe like 30 minutes in, basically wherever they have like that highway chase scene... Like, after Cap finally tracks down Winter Soldier... Oh, by the way, spoilers, by the way. Cap tracks down Winter Soldier, as if you didn't see it at the post-credit stingers in Iron Man Ant-Man. But yeah, they, they, they find each other and embrace, and loving embrace. But, uh, <coughs> yeah, so basically, the whole chase scene between Cap, Winter Soldier, and Black Panther, like, the part where they're in the house and they're fighting, like, the German SWAT team, that was awesome. And it just seems like somewhere in that sequence, they're just like... We gotta kick this up to eleven. Like we're not even to the climax of the movie yet, but we gotta kick it up to eleven already. And the part where like they're like everyone's like jumping down like ten stories and like running faster than all the cars. <laughs> but like, but like the 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 highlight of it, like when it gets to the explanation point, where it's like the dudes on the motorcycle and Winter Soldier just cr- like, just straight up just clotheslines him, like hops in the air and does like the three sixty spin onto the motorcycle. Oh my ride. god, that was beautiful. I was laughing out loud. It was hysterical. It was like, that scene was like so over the top. It was like, 
I'm both embarrassed by it and enjoying it at the same time. I'm just like, this is just ridiculous. But I loved it. It was like, it what? ended up being one of my favorite parts. It was phenomenal. It was what? Go ahead. There's nothing to be embarrassed. There's nothing to be embarrassed by. It was like phenomenal, uh, phenomenal moment that scene. <laughs> I just thought it was a little ridiculous. It was just to me. It was just like, it was just a notch. No, I mean it's a. It's a, it's a comic movie. The thing is, it's a good ridiculous, though. You know, it, it's something that it's entertaining and doesn't take away from the movie. Yeah, I guess for me, it's like when I'm laughing at an action scene and it's not because Ant-Man or Spider-Man are quipping, then I feel like they've overdone it just a little bit. But again, like I said, it didn't take away from the movie. It just like I was just like, all right. I mean, if they would have done something like after that where it was even more ridiculous, I think that would have been a step too far. But I'm glad like they're like, all right, we're just going to do one more really ridiculous thing. Bear with us. And they were just like, all right, all right, all right, we're done. We'll, we'll scale it back. But it was, I don't know, it just made me laugh. But the overall, the entire movie was really good. It was funny because like as it was starting – you know, and I'm sitting here watching it, and there's just, like, all the build-up for the story, which is important, and it was good. It wasn't, like, boring or anything, but I'm like, I have a feeling this is going to be a really long movie, because, like, Cap and Iron Man haven't even talked to each other yet, and I'm like, I feel like I'm already, like, an hour into the movie, but it was like, I don't know, it was just really good. I mean, I know everyone's comparing it to Batman versus Superman, because, you know, well, one, it's a verse movie, and two, it's essentially the same subject matter, like, should heroes be held accountable for their actions. But it was like, and I don't, and as much as I've ripped on Batman for Superman, I'm not trying to, but it was like, this was just done so well. And it's like, even though I was team cap from the beginning after watching the movie, it's like, I can see where Iron Man was coming from. Like I definitely, in my previous career, I definitely have been like in the situation of Iron Man. Not exactly, but where it's like, you know, like you're kind of, you're, you're kind of the bad guy, but you're trying to be like, you're trying to soften the blow. It's like, this is something I don't want to do. But the alternative is going to be even worse. So it was just—it was really easy to um, empathize with Tony, even though I completely yeah. disagreed with him. I'm like, no, I'm Team Cap all the way. But I see where you're coming from, yeah. Tony. Yeah, that's that's what the writers wanted um, to make sure that was, uh, you know, that was a point that they got across. Is that neither side is completely right, and neither side is completely wrong. You know, like they, they both had their pros and cons from their point of view. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of which side do you agree with more. Yeah. Well, it's funny. And uh, the, the the comic was the same way. You know, like even then I was I was still team Cap. Like I, I completely understood where Tony, you know, where, where like the other side was coming from. And they had their good points. But at the end of the day, you know, I always felt I, I was aligned with more with team Cap. Because like their um their cons that they believed in that you know that made them you know side against them, I felt you know w- you know that that was more important than th- what the other side was tr- you know trying to get across. Yeah, I mean to me it's like I don't know I felt like the movie did it so much better because it's like you know basically what Tony was trying to achieve in the movie versus in the comics like the comics he was like. It seemed like he was willing to do like whatever he needed to do to bring in Cap, like with enlisting the Thunderbolts and all that. It's like I felt like this was a complete contrast to that, where he's just like the whole reason why he's going in, the whole reason why he's bringing someone like Spider-Man who can non-lethally subdue them was because he didn't want them to get hurt, you know. Versus yeah. like yeah. I'm going to listen to Venom. Different situations for circumstances, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I mean, to me, it made it a lot easier to empathize with him, where it's like. You know, it's, Absolutely. It, it's, it's like if you're ever in a situation where it's like 
you're trying to be the lesser of two evils. Like, you know, it's like he never felt good about what he was doing. And in his mind, it was, like, the only way. And it's interesting because, like, again, I said I'm Team Cap, but it's like if you look at this in, like, a realistic context, <clears throat> and there really were, like, a group of vigilantes that were just randomly going into countries to, like, thwart terrorism, essentially, people would be like, yeah, these guys probably need some oversight. Like, it, if you if you take out the emotion of it, you're like, yeah, it, this absolutely makes a lot of sense, you know? Like, no one would really argue with that. They wouldn't think that, oh, yeah, well, because they're powerful, they should have no regulation. So, in that regard, too, yeah. it's like, yeah, I can definitely see it. But, I don't know. Basically, basically my whole point is, it was just, the setup was just, was great. I felt like everything leading up to, of course, the airport scene, which was just... Oh, God, beautiful, like, beautiful, yeah, beautiful. It was, it was amazing. I know you had, you had posted something on Facebook, and you're like, yeah, that airport scene. And I'm like, I, so I already knew it was going to be good. But I had no idea, like, how good. Like, I figured it would be, like, yeah. the first Avengers, where it's, like, you see them all working together as a team, and the action's just done really well. Which it was. But it was, like, so much more. It was, like... It was funny how it was a Captain America movie, but it was clearly also, at least in that moment, was an Avengers movie. And <clears throat> it's like, no yeah. Avenger was, like, left out. Like, everybody got a chance to shine. You got to see all their personalities, all their quirks. Mm -hmm. Oh man, it was it was fantastic. Like I've never been so excited about like what movies are coming next after seeing that movie. I'm like, oh, now I got to see Black Panther. Oh, I'm so excited for Spider Man. Like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. Yeah, because and uh, like one of the other things that for me why I agree with Cap is because um, you know the thing is on Free Comic Day, there's uh, one of my friends. He's like completely he, like he thinks uh, Captain America completely wrong. He's like, you know, he, he thinks he, there's nothing he said that was right and yada, yada. I didn't get into it with him because uh, it's just that it's, it wasn't worth it with him. Then there's somebody else saying that, you know, I go, yeah, Cap didn't really uh, maybe explain his side very well. I'm like, oh, I guess. But the thing with me, and it's, it was the same situation in, um, with, the, with the comic book uh, storyline, was that it, the words that, that, that Cap said, and they said, uh, you know, if they sign it and the government is in control of them, the government gets to tell you who's the villain. Yeah. They'll tell you where to go, when not to go. And it's like you said, you know, what if they have to be, they have to go somewhere where they need to go, they're not allowed to go, and go somewhere where they don't want to go, but they're told they, they, they have to do it. Mm -hmm. And that, that to me, it was like the main reason, both in the comic and in the movie, why I'm with Team, why I'm with team Cap. <laughs> well, yes, you know, somebody should always be held accountable. Somebody should you know, be helping out after, after attacks and all that. But at the end of the day, if they, you know, like the government can use you to topple a regime and yeah. you, you, you almost have no choice in because, you know, you're their soldier now, you know, you're, you know, you have to do what they say because you work for them, even if you know it's not right. And that's something that I can never live with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just like explained so eloquently because it's like, if you just look at, you know, the actual army, it's like, that's, that's a realistic possibility, you know, not to get too political, but it's like. Many people, myself included, would argue that a lot of the conflicts we've gotten into have been unnecessary. But if you enlist, it's like I mean, there's there's this idea of the of a conscientious objector, but that status is really hard to get. But it's like for the most part, they say, mm -hmm. "Hey, you're going into Somalia. You're going into Somalia. You know, you can't say like, yeah. well, I think we should go into North Korea because they're trying to make nuclear weapons.' It's like, no, nope, you're going here. That's your job. That's your mission." And it's like, yeah, it's like, especially to be a superhero, it's like, no, you can't be told, like, where to go. Like, there's a threat. You got to go do it, you know? Right, exactly. It's like, 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 in the comics, like, you know, the main thing was because, okay, 
superheroes, you know, a lot of them are unregistered and they and they're untrained. And one of the main reasons, you know, for Tony's side was okay, yeah, they need to be trained, and I, I, absolutely, you know, I agree with that. You know, they, they, you know, they should be trained, but you know, but but you know, in the day, if they have you know, go somewhere where they don't want to go, etc., like, you know, discovered that's where you know it can get complicated. And for you know, for the movies, okay, yeah, you know, they should, you know, if you like, you know, if you go somewhere and something happens, well, yeah, you, you should be held accountable to a certain degree. Uh, you know, where you're okay, you, you, sh- you should help out with, you know, like, like clean up or, you know, aid, uh, something after that. But, you know, the government shouldn't be able to tell you where to go. Because, you know, th- you know, it's different when it comes to, like, you know, like there was superhero thing because the threats get bigger, you know, and they get literally bigger, world bigger, universe bigger. Yeah. Like with, uh, for anybody who, you know, watches Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, th- there's, a, there's a threat going on that, that can literally destroy the whole world. And you know, imagine like the, the government, like you know, like saying, you know what, don't deal with that. We go go over here and let you know, don't deal with that. And then what happens? Well, the end of the world. Bye bye. And they could have done something about it, but they chose not to. So it's like it's, it gets complicated. But you know, no matter what, like uh, you know, what again, what what helped the movie make sense is, you know, both sides had the you know their pros and cons. And they didn't make it where it was okay, you know. They made it. They made it look like one side was more right than the other, you know. Like they, it was cut. It was split even. It just, you know, okay, you decide who you choose. You want to be with or who you agree with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought they did such a good job of showing each person's perspective, and <clears throat> I feel that, feel like it also has to do with like your personality, where, um, you know, like the scene where uh, I forgot who it was, but basically, um, how they had Vision, you know, quote unquote, protecting Scarlet Witch. And it's like, and, oh, you, know, yeah. you know, and there's some people that would see that as completely valid. Like, yes, he needs to protect her because there's no telling what she's going to do. And some people would think that that's a completely, like, viable solution. Whereas other people are like, wait, 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 that's, you know, that's not security. Like, you're completely, like, you're pretty much putting someone on, like, house arrest. Like, you're essentially, like, kidnapping Yeah, and, and it was. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely was house arrest. I mean, yeah. the, the only thing I agree with Tony is that she really isn't an American citizen. So <laughs> her going anywhere else, th- that could have been tricky. But no, it was absolutely house arrest. Yeah, but yeah, it was really good. It was like all the yeah, arguments t- were technically even lost. technically even it was um, uh, holding someone against the will too. Oh, so absolutely. Technically, yeah, technically, uh, Vision and Tony were breaking a law right there. Yeah, which is ironic since they're <laughs> they're trying to uphold the law. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. And it, can, can I just say I know uh, I know people like it, and I'm not saying I don't like it, but Vision in clothes is so weird looking. <laughs> Like it's, I, I don't hate it. I don't, you know, it, it, it's funny, but it's just so weird looking. It's so bizarre. Like literally, just his, you know, vision thing. You know, what a costume or whatever. Putting a sweat on him is just, I don't know. It's so weird. That's what makes it so charming, though, because it does look weird. It's like he's trying to look more human, and it makes him look yeah. more inhuman. And that's like what makes it so great. He's just like, I'm just gonna make a sweater. It's like you're still purple. You know, you still you <laughs> yeah. still have an infinity stone in your forehead, so it, it, yeah. I don't know. I love. I just love the contrast, and it's like the more he tries to be more human, like the more he just seems weird. You yeah. Know? But yeah. Yeah. Was, oh, well, one of the ones I think one of the things I actually didn't like. Um, I can't. I don't know. if There's anything else I didn't like. I have to rewatch the whole movie again. But one thing I did, I really didn't like, was that Crossbone was just you know, you know, used in the beginning, and it's like we'll, we'll probably never, we'll never get. Again. I'm like, I, this is one of the things that I don't like in, 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 in comic movies is how 
uh, like 90% of the time, or, or probably even higher than that, they use a villain and then they kill him off. I'm like, I mean, I, I know it's a movie. It's not like a TV show or comics where they just, they, you know, they can't come back in the future so often. But can we, like, not kill them almost every single time? <laughs> it's, it's like, it, it's okay not to kill. No, I completely agree with you. Yeah, like, when, yes, when I first saw him, I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And the fact that he was giving Cap a run for his money and Black Widow, like, he actually was, like, a formidable villain. And it was like, and then he just blows himself up. I'm like, really? Like, like this? you just showed how badass this guy is and now he's dead? But yeah, I was really bummed out because I was expecting him to play a major role in the film. So the fact that not only was he not a major character at all, it's like, all right, he's, like, dead. Well, just, uh, I mean, he was obviously... I, like, I knew that he wasn't, yeah. I mean, he was I, I knew like that he wasn't going to be a, a, a major villain because he was only on 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 set for a week. Yeah, like you, you, so and everybody everybody already knew that he already uh, that he was going to play a, a part in the beginning, and that was it. And that was fine with that, you know, because mm. you know the, the rest of the movie there was more important things to tackle and other characters to use besides him. <laughs> but it's just, I mean, just to kill him off, I'm like really. I mean, like, what if we have, like, a, a future cat movie, we, we, you know, we can't bring him back now? Nope. Yeah, it's like, there's there's such good, like, built-in history. It would have been great to bring him back. It's like with Batroc the Leaper. It's like, he had a very small role, but he didn't die. Like, they can still use him again. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. like, imagine, you know, I mean, this is just hypothetical, but imagine in the future we get a cap, a Captain, uh, a fourth Captain America movie, whether it's, it's you know, with Steve in the, in, in the suit or somebody else or Steve and somebody else, et cetera. You know, they, they could have brought back, uh, you know, uh, Red Skull, and yeah. they could have they could have brought his daughter uh, Sin in and Crossbones because those three have a history to, of working together, and that would have been an awesome, you know, uh, trio of villains to have. And, but now, now we can't get Crossbones. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's like, yeah, the movies just have like no concept of building a rogues gallery. You know, it's like it's like unless no. it's, unless it's Loki, like every other villain is pretty much like one and done. Yeah, that, that's why people always say, like, hey, Loki's the best villain. Can you think of a second one? Nope, because they kill everyone but basically everybody else. <laughs> exactly. He's the only one still breathing, so he kind of wins by default. So, yeah. So, of course, we got to talk... Se- Go but ahead. seriously, like, the, 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 the greatest thing like, for me coming out of the movie was definitely Black Panther and Spider-Man. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even think of words of how to... Uh, uh, of how awesome they were done, not just in their in their characters, but their costumes. Like they literally could not have done any better. Oh yeah, they were spot on. But do you mean Spider Man or Spider Man? Like I was so <laughs> like you know as much as I've ripped on like the Amazing Spider Man movies, and I wasn't a, even a huge fan of like the Tobey Maguire movies. Like I, <coughs> I liked both, but this is like to me this is Spider Man. I love that. Not only do no, they this, make him, not only do they make him a definitely, kid who's like way over Spider-Man. his head. I love the fact that he had the accent. It just get, it just added so much charm to him. It like made me wish that that uh, Captain America had a Brooklyn accent. I thought that would have been awesome. Like, hey, <laughs> Captain America, forget about it. But uh, yeah, it was, yeah hey, I'm fucking here. It's like Spider Man like stole the show, obviously. But it's just like yeah, it's like he has never been just characterized so perfectly. It's like it's like from the yeah from the costume to like the interaction with with Tony Stark when he's Peter Parker. It's like they've got both Peter Parker and Spider Man right like back to back. And some people complain that like he didn't have a lot of quips, but it's like they also mentioned he's only been Spider Man for six what? months. He so. had he had plenty of quips, uh, quips um, to be, and besides, it's not like he was you know the whole movie was his where he could have you know screen time more quips, but for the time that he was given, and that was a really good amount of time too. Yeah, it was it was 
definitely a, a, a good amount of, of quips. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't overdo it, so it, it's good. Leave, leave it like that. Well, plus he was, like, starstruck. It's like, this is how Spider-Man would actually react if all of a sudden Absolutely. he was there with the Avengers. Like, like, the characterization was perfect. And then, to your point of, like, Black Panther, like, yeah, when they first started talking about, like, um, a Black Panther movie before they had officially announced it, and all of a sudden there was this, like, groundswell of support for Black Panther movie, prior to that I never had really <clears throat> paid that much attention to Black Panther. He just kind of got lost in the sea of, like, Marvel heroes. But yeah, but once once I started, you know, hearing about that and looking into his character more and then finally seeing him on screen, it's like, yeah, they could not have done him better. And yeah, it's no. just like he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah, I'm very excited. And it's like I feel like the world really needs a character like Black Panther, especially as him being like an African superhero. It's like Africa like I can't think of any any movie where this isn't the case where like anytime they show Africa, it's always some war-torn country with some dudes and, like, bandanas and, like, AK-47s, or it's a jungle. And this will be, like, probably the first time, or definitely the first time in a major Hollywood movie where we're going to see Africa with technology, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. no, that Africa doesn't actually have technology. It's like they just, just never show it. So I think it's a very important, like, culturally, and then, of course, it's just going to be badass because Black Panther showed. As as uh, Fuzzy was saying on Facebook, it's like, uh, he's a, he's a better Batman than Batman. So. Yeah, for the movies, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 so much of the day with him in a short amount of time, you know, the in- introducing him and, you know, like why he gets into a costume and why he's after, you know, everything. It's like he, he literally gets a whole arc for, you know, from, you know, thinking, okay, oh, this is my killer, you know, uh, my father's killer or, you know, this and that and, and going to the point, oh, my goodness, I was wrong. It was such a you know, a, a normal progression, you know, they didn't, they didn't jump the shark, they didn't do this or that, you know, they didn't skip any beats, it was all done perfectly, and I, again, they really could not have done a better job, oh, yeah. like, this is why, this, this is what I'm saying, like, like, why Marvel is doing better with their properties than DC, and yeah, I mean, no matter, no matter what you do, you're gonna get that comparison between the two companies, you know, it, it's, it's an interval, especially when, you know, the two movies are, are, you know, have almost the same general kind of plot and you know in no matter uh in in some kind of sense or or what have you and i was saying this like after i because i went with some friends to see it and like afterwards like oh like this is why you know uh i think Mars was a better job than dc and my friend was like oh no you know what i can't pick i love them both like, listen like i love bo- i like i enjoy dc i love them you know i love them too like don't get me wrong yeah. but when it comes to like properly adapting their characters marvel is doing the better job and you know, and, and I, I don't want, and, and pe- like people know, like for me, I, I'm definitely, you know, I, I love Marvel more than DC, and you know, and 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 like, but don't get me wrong, this absolutely has nothing to do with any kind of bias because, uh, you know, if DC was doing as good as Marvel was doing right now, and Marvel was doing poorly, you would hear me singing DC's praises and <laughs> crapping on Marvel, but that's not the case. Yeah. So you know, yeah. so that, you know, like no matter like what you do, when you're coming out at a point of okay. If you're gonna bring your characters to life, do it properly. Do it, you know, like make sure you bring that character to life. And because when you change something from that character, you completely change them. Then th- that's where you're going wrong, and that's that's where un- unfortunately DC is going wrong, you know, with their movies uh, at the moment. Yeah, well, and I mean, I, the, the main re- the main difference between the, the the movies and the way the movie studios are handling it is like Marvel. The people that are writing Marvel, like they respect their characters and they embrace their characters and they portray them on screen. What DC does is like they don't respect their characters at all. It's like they don't they they 
I feel like they're like ashamed of their characters, and so they have to they have to mold them to try and fit like what they feel like is a cool representation of them instead of just adapting the characters the way they actually are. You know, like I feel like if right, DC, yeah, exactly. I feel like if DC was doing a Captain America movie, like he would be like this grizzled like war veteran. He'd be killing people left and right. You know, he'd be chopping off people's heads with his shield. Yeah, they, they, yeah. D, DC would turn Captain America almost into a Punisher character. Exa- yes, that's like, yes, it, exactly from from the, from the way they're going right now. That's how they would handle them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, that's exactly what they would do. Yeah, because because uh, like this is this is somebody I know that that's, that he is completely in love with the DC movies. Like he thinks like they can do no wrong. They haven't done anything wrong, and all the Marvel movies are crap. I'm like, okay, this guy is absolutely trolling. Because he tweeted something a couple of days ago saying that DC has done more uh, uh, a better continuity of their movies than Marvel has in their last 13 films. I'm like, okay, this guy is definitely saying this crap on purpose. He doesn't believe it. He's just saying this just to get a rise out of people because there's no way he truly believes this. Well, it's like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, DC's only had two movies. No, but on top of that, on top top of all that, this guy is somebody who is an author and writes about writing. Like, he writes, okay, you know, like, about how to write genres and and, and this and that, etc. I'm like, so this is a guy who, you know, who tells people, you know, how to write and, you know, make books about about writing but he really th- thinks that you know the people who wrote batman versus superman man of steel you know that that, that it's that, that they're, that they're perfect it's like seriously <laughs> you know it's actually it's actually interesting because i have two friends that are like up and coming or not really up and coming but they're like you know trying to become actors and they were two of the biggest like apologists for batman versus superman and it's really like baffling to me it's like you know about script writing you know what it takes to make a movie. Like, how would they, of all people, be the ones to defend this? Just like as a piece of art, you know. To me, it's one thing to like it in spite of its flaws, but to sit there and try to defend it and say that it's good writing—it's like you can't objectively say that that movie, Batman vs Superman, was like well written. Like it was full. Like it was. Yeah. Like the entire movie was a plot hole. Like I can't even say it's full of plot holes. It's just like just one gaping yeah. plot hole after another. Both yeah. on screen and off, there's no denying Tinseltown is. Bro- yep, no denying Tinseltown. That's exactly. Cool. See that even, even that woman know that the on screen or off screen is no denying that the, you know the DC's doing it bad. Thank you, <laughs> yeah, lady. Exactly. <laughs> even my even my computer. No, because uh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, even uh, like uh, one of my friends from the comic shop where he was um, like I was getting getting into it with him a couple weeks ago. Uh, where, because like, like I kept saying, like the whole Martha thing in Batman vs Superman is stupid, uh, because you know there's no way that Batman should be awestruck or or have been taken uh, taken aback because you know he and Superman share they, their mom share the same name. Like yeah. that's you know that's it's idiotic. It's terrible writing. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's it's good. You know this and that. I don't know that. You know where. Like, it helps humanize like Superman or something like that. I'm like, wait, hold on. I I, I wish I had said this, I said this part to him, but I, at, at that point I I got tired of arguing arguing <laughs> with him. But, but the thing is, is that you shouldn't have to humanize Superman at that point. Mm-hmm. One, because that, that's a terrible way to humanize Superman. Two, this is Superman's second movie. If you're gonna humanize him, that should have happened in Man of Steel, not <laughs> yeah. Batman versus Superman. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, yeah, it's like if he was ever humanized, it was in Man of Steel. Like, if if you didn't feel like he was already humanized, then they didn't do their job, you know? It's like you see him as a kid struggling with his powers. Like, if anything, the the best thing Man of Steel did 
was humanized <laughs> Superman, you know? Like, that was that was the part of the movie that I actually liked. Like, it felt more like, at least, like, when they did the flashbacks to his past, it reminded me more of, like, an X-Men movie of him struggling with being different and using his powers, and that, to me, was what appealed to me in that movie. But it's ridiculous yeah. that, like, yeah, one line is... Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to say anything more about it. it just It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> someone, someone was trying yeah. to say that, like, but, that but, scene... You know, but... Yeah, no, but but getting back to like to, to Civil War, and instead of we turn this into, into yeah another, we we seriously could go on days for days about, about Batman versus Superman, oh, but yeah. <laughs> but but for Civil War, like the other uh, the other character that um that I know that people are, are saying uh, that's also still the show, and they're definitely completely right is Paul Rudd's Ant Man because oh, how just got like from from the moment he he came on screen to to becoming giant man, I mean, how awesome was that? <laughs> Yeah, that was fantastic. And, like, I didn't see it coming at all. I thought he was going to go, like, subatomic again. And then when he turned into Giant Man, I was like, oh, man. It, it, I'm so glad they didn't put that in the trailer because I was so glad that I got to be surprised and in the moment. But, yeah, Ant-Man is just so great. Yes, it's like, yes. <clears throat> to me, he's, like, the way that they use the Wasp in the Ultimates, where it's, like, he's, like, the most unsuspecting of all the characters. Like, you have the most powerful characters in the movie, and then Ant-Man still manages like he i don't know like everyone just has their role to play like no matter what their powers are or their skill set and yeah just like his comedy was so great i'm just so glad that i'm so glad that they went with the scott lang ant-man first of all and that they got paul rudd to do it because he it's just so seamless yeah i mean i i, I, I would have loved to see like maybe a younger ish uh, uh scott when i scott uh, hang pym yeah but yeah, I'm 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 also I am also glad that they, they went with Scott Lamb because it's like if we if we had Hank like you know maybe like the a younger Hank like around the same age as the guys like as in the comics, then it's it's almost like another character like Tony Stark in a way, and it's good to have something different, you know, yeah. a different perspective, different character, different point of view, etc. It's good to have that, you know, to add you know to add something else instead of you know adding a similar mix, to, you know, to the whole equation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like he adds more contrast than it was just like, here's another super smart, you know, genius or whatever. <clears throat> so the other character that I feel like, if there's anything polarizing about the movie, it would be the villain, um, Zemo. And, oh, Zemo. And so, yeah, Zemo, yeah. So some people have felt like, you know, he's obviously not the, the purple, sock-wearing, sword-wielding Zemo that he's in the comics. But to me... No, like, you know what? People... He was definitely a better uh, Lex Luthor. Than Lex was? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was really just playing Luther. But it's funny to me. It's like it's much as people complain about that. It's like and people complain about the villains in Marvel movies not being good. It's like here you have a villain that is complex that actually has motivation, who pretty much throughout the entire movie you're intrigued by like what his plan is. Like to me, he's probably the best villain you know other than Loki. Like he's like to me like the fact that his whole plan was to just have them fight each other and then kill himself like. It was so unique for those kinds of movies, and so you know, it's like obviously people wanted like the big fight scene with the other Winter Soldiers and him, but it's like to me that that ended up being so much more powerful. Where his whole plan was, it was like, all right, you guys kill each other, and he's just sitting out there with the gun, just waiting to finish himself off. Like my work here is done, and I just thought that was way more powerful than if it had any. Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't a one note villain. Yeah. I mean, like, he had he had layers to him and. You know, like you said, he had actual proper motivation as to why, you know, like he was doing what he was doing. He wasn't just, a, you know, oh, by the way, he, he was actually working for Hydra before, but we didn't know. Like, no, he's somebody who had no ties to any group or anything like that. He was his own man. 
And well, yeah, I mean, like I, when I first heard that he wouldn't be wearing like little purple sock, I I, I was disappointed because you know it's, it's something I like from you know from about his character, you know, to really get to see like the whole comic book thing come to life. But you know what? When seeing the movie, I, honestly, I, I I didn't even care. I mean, sure, I would still love to see it maybe in the future, mm-hmm. but you know, within the movie, I was completely okay not 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 being there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was great. I like when it got to the very end, and you see all the Winter Soldiers like dead. I was just like, "Oh, so what's this plan?" There? Yeah, I, I, I did not see that coming. I was like, "Oh, wait, wait, what's going on? Wait, wait, oh, what, what is he doing?" Yeah, and was... then he played that video. You know, the thing with that video, though, the video is when I saw it when he played that the whole thing. I felt like an idiot because I was like, "How did I not see that coming? <laughs> How did I not know that that was?" The accent. They played it so many times for us, you know, throughout the film, like before they, they show you the whole thing. I'm like, I am the worst detective ever. This is why I'm not Batman. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, before the movie even came out, like, I felt like that's where they were going to go with Civil War. Once they once they did that in uh, Winter Soldier and they were showing, like, all the assassinations that uh, Winter Soldier had been responsible for. So it's like I had thought that it was going to come into play in the movie. But it's like you get so wrapped up in his plot and what he's doing with the Winter Soldiers, you kind of forget. Yeah. So it's like, and it that's happened. how you—that's how you know it's a good movie because, like, like I heard like the rumors like last year, two years ago, like, oh, wait, you know, like Winter Soldier might be involved with Tony Spare, you know, Tony uh, Stark's uh, parents' death, or, or, uh, you know, he he might actually be the one who uh, who who kills uh, T'Challa's uh, father or whatever. Like, I, and I, I, I remember, you know, like, reading, like, those rumors, like, years back. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's how you know a good movie is, 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 you know, a movie is excellent because they make you forget about everything because you're so enthralled into the movie, you forget everything else and you're just focusing, you know, you know on the story on what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was great. But, yeah, I'm so glad. It's, it's, it's funny, like, you know, obviously the Marvel movies have had twists that haven't worked out. Um, talk, you know, looking at you, Iron Man 3. But like this was like such a it was such a great twist, and also like um after Black Panther decides not to kill Zemo, or Zemo, I was thinking that he was gonna be the one to like stop the fighting between Cap and Tony, and I'm so glad that that didn't happen because just the way Cap just oh, oh it was just great like just the fight scene the way he just it looks like he's about to just kill Iron Man like he's just beating I could do this all day and then yeah and then and then like the part where he's like has him mounted and he's just like smashing on him. And he lifts the shield up, and you're like, "Oh God, is he really gonna go all the way?" And then he just like destroys his, uh, you know, his power source, and it's like it's over. Like no hard feelings. He's just, you know, I don't know. It's just like so indicative of the character that Captain America is, you know. Yeah, I mean, I had a friend who was saying that he didn't like the he like he didn't like the end, like where they were kind of where they, they where they kind of made up, and you know, Cap's like, "Hey, call me whenever you need me." And he, he said, "Where he would have liked to see, you know, them still on, you know, on opposite sides, where they, you know, for, you know, uh, and I, 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 I see where he's coming from, and I, I agree with him. Like, it would have been nice, you know, where, like, it wasn't wrapped up, but it was kind of wrapped up ish. And it, it would have been nice if they left it like they were still, you know, like, all fighting, you know, uh, you know, against each other in, in whatever way. Yeah. But like, it, like, I didn't hate, I didn't hate the ending, but." I agree with my friend is coming from, and that it would have been, you know, cool to see that ending instead. Yeah, I definitely get that, but to me, it's like, I mean, Cap was never mad at Iron Man, you know? Like, I don't, like, I feel like if Iron Man came up to him, like, the very next day, he would have, like, no hard feelings, you know? Like, Iron Man, I'm sure... Like, no, yeah, 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 it's, 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 like, it's like the same way in the comics, you know, they'll fight with each other and all that, 
but uh you know it, even then when 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 they need to come together they like they still come together yeah i mean i can see obviously iron man already had a resentment towards him and i'm sure he's going to have even more but it's like yeah i don't know i felt the the ending worked i mean that's exactly what cap would do i mean i think it would have felt like false if like iron man had tried to reach out to him and be like oh, i'm sorry bro but for Cap to be like, hey, if you need us, call us. I mean, that's exactly what Cap would do. Like, to me, had he not done it, I felt like it would have felt out of character for him to not reach out to him. You know? Because, yeah. you know, in his mind, obviously, he understands where Tony's coming from. He understands why Tony was mad. And the fact that I, just, I thought it was actually perfect that he, like, apologized. He's like, yeah, I was holding this from you, you know, pretty much to spare myself, not even to really help you. And I don't know. That, that to me, just, like, speaks to the character of Cap's character. Um, so I don't know. I, I thought it was. I thought it actually worked very well. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I'm so I'm so excited. And the the, uh, the credit scenes were, were were pretty cool. I, I didn't expect the Spider Man one. Uh, I, I thought they were, they're going to try to you know maybe feature some some sort of scene for for Doctor Strange because it's the next one or or uh, or something like that. But um, still, I mean, it was cool. But the thing is, um, I still want to know how. Tony figured out about Spider-Man because, like, the writers were like, "Oh, Tony's been keeping tabs on all the other heroes, you know, like like Daredevil and, and all that." Probably just like Jones by now. Well, and like, okay, I get that, but the the, the thing is, without seeing without seeing some sort of hinting at that, it, you know, it just feels like it's like they're just it's a cop out type answer. And even even if he was keeping tabs on Spider-Man or and and Daredevil, etc. How do you still figure out that 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 Peter was Spider Man? Even from the videos alone, it's not like the videos give anything away that he, that we saw in the movies either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would have been nice if they had more of a hint. Supposedly, he tracked him because he found like the web fluid, and I guess you know, obviously, being a fellow scientist, he was able to break it down. So, I mean, yeah, it would have been nice if they're like, okay, he found it because this stuff can only be produced at a certain lab, and you know, they could have done like a little montage of how he found him. And but I feel like yeah. they'll probably address yeah, that I, in the I, actual Spider-Man movie. I get yeah, and, and that would have made sense. Like I mean, or that does make sense. But the thing is, it's like without seeing it, you know, it just feels like 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 it's like they're skipping something. Like they're skipping a scene that they're not showing us, and it's and like so without that connection, it just it's a little jarring. Yeah, no, I I can completely agree. Hopefully, they will actually address it in the Spider-Man movie. I mean, yeah, they could have at least like hinted at how. And then explored it further. Because I, I definitely think it would have been weird for the pacing if they did have, like, a whole scene of him explaining it. But um, hopefully they'll explain it in future movies. Because, yeah, it does seem kind of yeah. like, okay, I understand it's Tony Stark, but he's not, you know, he's not omnipotent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I'm, I just I can't wait, you know, for the other Marvel movies because we got Doctor Strange this year uh, in, in November. You know, then we got Guardians next year. We got Spider Man. Then we got Thor. Then afterwards, you know, uh, twenty eighteen, you got Black Panther. Uh, uh, Star, uh, Star. I was here. I say Star Wars. Uh, Avengers: Infinity uh, War Part. I don't know whatever. <laughs> oh they, yeah, you mean you mean the movie formerly known as Avengers? Uh, name Avengers it too. <laughs> and I just think all the other movies. Uh, um, was that, uh of Eminem and Wasp. If it formerly known, yeah, whatever they end up renaming it to, it's like like the way you see all these characters in, the, in this movie, it's like you, you can't wait to see them again in the movies. It's uh, the way this is going to kill us. Oh, absolutely! This is the first, like this movie got me so hyped that I'm excited for the Thor movie. 
and I've never been excited for a Thor movie. You know? <laughs> like, to me, it's like, now I'm just excited for, like, the universe as a whole, like... And also, even, like, uh, Doctor Strange. Like, I mean, I, I was still obviously going to see it, and I had an interest in it, but I'm actually, like, excited now. It's like, okay, what are they going to do with him, you know? <coughs> like, yeah. just, just what it, they the, can produce. The great thing about, uh, about for Infinity War movies or, or whatever they rename it to is that you know, as we know, you know, they're keeping the same directors, which is, you know, obviously a wise choice by this point. But, you know, the, the people who wrote Winter Soldier are the same ones who wrote Civil War. Yeah. Are the same ones who are yeah. writing Infinity War movies. So it's like, how about you just make them like in charge of the Marvel Universe? Because obviously they know what they're doing more than anybody else. Oh, not, 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 you know, you know I, I, I don't know, because. I enjoyed what Whedon did, and and you know there's things obviously that we all didn't like that he that he did, but I think the Russos and the writers that they're working with have a better grasp on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, definitely, than we definitely. Did while he like he was a quote charge. Yeah, it makes me wish they would have got rid of Whedon earlier. You know, like that way we could have salvaged Avengers two and not had to kill off Quicksilver. Like, <laughs> you know, to me, like that was such a huge misstep. It's like, oh, why couldn't we have gotten the Russos sooner? Maybe he would have just like broke his leg. Yeah, because but... yeah, because like notice, you know, no, nobody died, and they explained why. Because like you know, the saying, like they, they said something like to the effect of, uh, like you don't have to have a character die to to really get the emotion out of a scene or out of a movie that that people you know deserve. Like a lot of times, it's actually better not to kill them because the stakes are even higher yeah. than if you did kill them. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe one day Whedon will learn that. But I doubt it. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so moving on to a topic that, you know, it's a little old, but we should definitely still get to it. So, of course, Walking Dead season finale. You know, it's been a while, but <clears throat> um, still worth discussing. So, <clears throat> I'll just give my, my brief thoughts about it. So, it's been, <clears throat> been a while since I watched it, but I remember it vividly enough to, to give my opinion. So, first of all, this whole season, last season... The writing has been so strong, but it seems like no matter how good the writing gets, they just cannot stick the landing. Like they always drop the ball no. in the season finale, and this was like the best example of it. It's like, like correct me if I'm wrong, but this was like an extra long episode too, right? <coughs> it's like yeah, yeah, it was a ninety-minute uh, season finale. It was yeah, so they made it a ninety-minute season finale, but they didn't do anything. The entire episode was like a cat and mouse game with uh, with Rick you know, trying to get uh, Maggie to to a doctor, which if they had just not let their doctor get killed, there wouldn't even have been <coughs> an issue. And then the other, <laughs> other storyline was uh, Carol, you know, all of a sudden having a conscience and wanting to die and uh, Morgan having to, to reel her back in. That part was actually the better part of the episode, I thought, where Morgan, like, they kind of both saw each other's side, you know, I felt like at the very end where Morgan finally killed somebody again in order to save her. Um, I thought that was done well. I thought it was funny how he had, like, I felt like it was the writers talking to the audience where he's like, yeah, the last time they were in trouble, you came and saved them. And I felt like they were just trying to let you know, like, she's not going to save them this time. Someone's actually going to die. But, uh, yeah, but the real meat and potatoes of the story was obviously they get backed into a corner and <clears throat> trying to outwit, uh, Negan, even though he has, like, a giant army of people. And so they finally surround him, make them surrender. Seriously. Yeah, like... He has he has a number of, of people you you would see in, like, video games where you want to, like, where the hell do these people get, like, all, all these supporters from? 
Like, um, is this a Trump rally? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was like, how do they have so many resources? Which actually kind of makes sense. Like, on one hand, it seems unrealistic, but then the character of Negan is really cool to me and really interesting. Because the thing I always hated about the governor was, like, they had this great town, and every time they had new people, he would just kill them instead of trying to make himself stronger, you know? Whereas Negan, at least, it's like, he's obviously cruel and sadistic, but he's also, like, practical. He's like, it's like my survival depends on <coughs> other people surviving, you know? It's like, he's been able to yeah. accumulate this huge army and have such control over this area because... He's he's getting resources from other people. It's like he's not just trying to scav. Uh, he's not just a scavenger. He's actually like a business. He, he's pretty much like the most ruthless businessman you know in the world. It's like give me everything you're making or I'll kill you. So I guess if anything, he's more of like a um, like a mafia guy. But yeah, so the the ending comes where he brings out Lucille and then he kills one of the one of the characters. You never get to see who it is. And of course, the the fan outrage ensues um, as we have to wait another however many months to find out who died. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing about that is because like the 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 producers and the writers try to justify where like they're like oh you know this like you know up to where he kills somebody is where like a story ends and the next story arc picks up from after he kills him and how the group deals with that. I'm like, okay, you know what? You're not wrong about that. I see where you're coming from. Coming, coming from. However, we should have been seeing who dies because without getting to see that, it once the show comes back in October, you know, any any uh, shock value, any sting that we would have gotten or you know uh, seen from uh, actually seeing somebody who dies is gone. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Once the show comes back, it's almost like you know what. No one's really gonna care, or at least care as much as as they, you know, we all would have if we actually saw it. Because now it's just like, oh, okay, he dies. All right, so what's going on next? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a, a, yeah, any emotion that would have been there has been it, it's gone completely gone, and <laughs> that was probably like you know the biggest mistake they've done on the show to, to date. Oh, absolutely. It's really frustrating because it's like to me, it's like when you do a season finale, it's one thing to end an episode like that. But a season finale should be an end cap on what happened. Like, there should be some resolution and some finality on what happens. And, like, that was, like, the. F- <coughs> it's ironic because I feel like the first two seasons, despite the fact that most people, you know, didn't really care for them overall, I personally thought they were okay. But the CDC season finale had a finite ending. And to me, like, that was one of their better season finales. Season two, the farmhouse getting overrun, perfect way to end a season. Like, both of those season finales were, like, two of the best they've done. And then, ironically, as the rest of the writing has gotten better, their season finales have gotten terrible. Obviously, season three, the first one where they had a huge misstep, you finally get the confrontation with the governor, it's over in, like, five minutes, and they run away. It's like, they have, they're good at building it up, but it's like, when they get to the end, they just deflate. It's like, they just don't know how yeah. to, to end it properly. Yeah, it, it it's it's like if Tom Brady just came in and took the air out of football or something. <laughs> yeah, he likes those uh, those flat balls. Yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not a Patriots hater. In case anybody listens to this, I, I just like to j- bring that as a joke. I I don't really care about football that much. 
<laughs> but yeah. but it, it works in this situation. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, it was just so disappointing because I was like, I was so hyped for that episode. It's, yeah, it's extremely disappointing. It's <laughs> it, it sucks because it's like it's like you see this and it's like oh, like like the biggest letdown like of, of the series. Yeah, it's like oh come on, it's like. It's like you guys like don't learn from your mistakes. <laughs> they really don't. They really don't at all. And it's like now it's like I feel like people are gonna be more upset no matter who they kill. Because if let's say they kill someone like Eugene, where most people probably don't care if he dies, it's gonna be like, Oh, we waited this long and that's who you killed. But then if they kill someone like Daryl, who people don't want to die, people yeah. are gonna be even more pissed off. It's like we waited this long and now you killed my favorite character. You know, it's like I feel like they've They've raised the stakes, which is what they wanted to do, but now it's like no matter how they deliver, they there's no way to come out with everyone with anyone satisfied, I think. You know, cuz Yeah, cause, absolutely. Cause people are Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it's just I don't know, they could have done such a better job and and, and it's everybody trying to figure out like who that, you know, like from the camera angle like the directors have said that one they jumped around on purpose so you couldn't guess who you know? Who was you know? They didn't go in order, you know, uh, from left to right and right to left. So you know, you can't guess who he hit. Like they did because they knew obviously people were gonna try to do that. And then people were like, oh wait, hold on, I, I, I you know, I, I'm playing with the audio, and, 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 and he says this. I'm like, no, because they didn't actually shoot anybody getting killed. Mm-hmm. The scene where he was like, you know, bashing whoever he chose to bash it. It's just him hitting, you know, like like a bag of blood in in, in front of a camera on the ground. Like that was was it he didn't there was nobody actually there there was nothing to shoot so you trying to play the audio is not going to do anything it's not going to tell us they never shot the scene to begin with so you're not going to guess who you know the person who that is yeah you know what's ironic it's actually funny because i feel like you know their 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 whole thing is like well people are going to be talking about this until the season premiere blah 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 if they had actually shot it that way where it was like a little ambiguous, but if you were, like, obsessed enough to find out, you could find out. To me, that would have been a lot better. If they would have left clues where people... Because then people would be speculating, and there would actually be an answer that you could find, you know? If mm-hmm. maybe if they had, like, all you could see was the shoes of the person who fell. Then you would rewatch the episode, and like, oh, this guy was wearing red sneakers, it was this guy. You know, like, to me, that actually... I still would have, wouldn't have liked it. But I think I would have been more satisfied to where it's like there is at least some semblance of a conclusion rather than just like playing with the audience and just completely misleading them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> the thing that pissed me off even more was like Chris Hardwick afterwards was like, if you don't think that was a good ending, you just don't know good storytelling. It's like, no, if you think that was a good ending, you don't know good storytelling because that was not good yeah. storytelling at all. If your entire well, audience I, is- I, I, I bet you... It, it, no, he has to. You know, he has to say that. Oh, I know. And that, I that's know. the one that I I, I, I guarantee you, he thinks different. Like he knows that's a, that's not a very good ending either. But you know, you don't bite off the hand that feeds you, and you know, you can't. Like it's like like honest trailer like has done a, a you know um a couple of other things for for Walking Dead, and the second one was poking fun at Talking Dead and Chris Hardware. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, watch me talk only positive about the Walking Dead. I'm like, yeah, I mean, as much as it's fun to watch uh, Talking Dead sometimes, it is true. Like, you only ever see them talking about, you know, the good things. Like, they, they don't have a true, a true, honest discussion about the show. Yeah, I mean, and I don't expect them to. But it's like, it's one thing to be, to, for him to say, like, oh, I liked it. I, I like what they did there. This was unique or whatever. But for him to say, like, you don't know good storytelling, like, that's, that's shilling out a little bit too hard for me. It's like, 
I don't. I mean, I don't oh, think yeah, people talking yeah, dead yeah. anymore. But I would. That would have been enough to make me stop watching it. Where it's like, all right, you, you're just you're trying. You're you're you know you're trying to defend this way too hard. Like to me, it's like if you have a season finale and everyone's mad for the wrong reason, then you're doing it wrong. Like with Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. when they kill off a major character, people are mad, but they're mad because they love that character and because they're invested. They're mad because that character is no longer there. They're not mad because the writing was bad, which ironically this season some of the writing is bad, but <laughs> you know, like typically that's not the case. Have you seen that that SNL uh, sketch where they're poking poking fun? I guess at the second episode or something, where apparently they they, they spend like half the episode on just Jon Snow's body or something like that. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I saw like um, I saw like the thumbnail of it, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. It's it's not that exaggerated. I mean, it it is like it is, they do draw it out because you're expecting him to come back in the first episode. Oh yeah, that, that, that's that, that's what they're poking fun at how it was drawing out because like you have like these two characters and they're like we see like we're. We're still on this scene. I mean, we we got so, uh, so many other things going on. Like, why are we still, you know, here? If, if you know, why are you dragging this out? <laughs> yeah, I have to watch it because I think it is it is funny to poke fun at. But they they didn't do it for that excessively like long of a time. But I can definitely see where there's room to like make fun of it because everyone was expecting either they were going to resolve it like very early on in the episode, or they're going to drag it out until like later in the episode. So when he gets resurrected in the third episode, you're like, oh, okay. Well, why did you guys wait? You know, it just seemed like weird uh, pacing, but yeah. But overall, it wasn't like it wasn't like that big of a deal. I think everyone was just happy to finally like, all right, he's back, I and mean, we got seven more episodes to see what he's gonna do. <laughs> so, so they they were uh, they they um what's his name? The actor was in line. He really did die. Yeah, he died. <coughs> yeah, basically, he, okay. gets, he gets betrayed. He gets killed. He's all the way dead. But um, there's like. She's essentially like a witch, and she and the guy, the religion that she practices, they've been able to resurrect other fighters before, or not other fighters, but other uh, just other people before. So uh, yeah, she's able to use magic to bring him back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they all they they cover that in the sketch. Remind me to to, to link the sketch afterwards because I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, it's like. He has to see this. It's too funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll definitely get a get a kick out of it. <coughs> yeah, because I I don't I don't watch Game of Thrones, so like for me, it doesn't it it will, it will have as big impact for me as as it would would you know on you, but it, I still find it hilarious. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, definitely check it out. So to move on to uh, another topic, so I know you wanted to talk about Supergirl. I'm assuming it's the fact that um, C or not CW, but CBS is talking about how they don't want to renew it. Um, because I think it's like a million dollars a show or something like that. But basically the costs are too high, so there's talks that Supergirl might actually move to the CW, which personally I think is where it should have been to begin with. Yeah, I've heard reports where uh, some some people at the CW kind of were kicking at themselves for not um, getting a project and letting it go to CBS, which is in a way kind of weird because CBS is co-owners of the CW, so it's like... You know, it's still within the family, so to speak. Uh-huh. But yeah, apparently, like um, the budget cost is like too much for, um, for the sh- for the, for the show because they figured it, it would have like you know because it's CBS and and you have shows like NCIS that got like almost twenty million, the average between fifteen to twenty million uh, viewers every week. They kind of expected that you know for the, you know that kind of viewership, and uh-huh. they figured oh, with that much viewership, it's gonna pay for the call you know for the budget costs and 
unfortunately, uh, the ratings on the show have you know declined from the series beginning to the season end, even with a little bump with the Flash coming over. And the thing is, it's it's a network show, so for them, I think that the show, you know, like uh, even with the decreasing ratings, it was averaging somewhere around like five, six million or so. Uh, and for 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 a network show like you know for CBS, that's almost a death sentence, really. <laughs> uh, it's surprising that it still went on this long. But for for CW, that's the equivalent of of like twenty million or something like CBS, Fox, NBC, or or ABC, something like that. You know, five six million, then they, they, they'll, they'll be throwing you on a ticket parade <laughs> for that kind of uh, for, for those kind of numbers. Yeah, yeah. It. I don't and, know. To me, to me it, it would make a lot of sense. Like, hopefully, I mean, I don't really even keep up with it, but obviously, people that do seem to really like it. Um. Yeah, I love the show. Yeah, so I really hope that it's it for one is able to be renewed, and two, to me, this. I mean, it's a CW type show. The writing is is absolutely CW. I think it would easily find an audience there. It already has Flash and Arrow on there. Like CW should just be like the DC superhero channel. Like they should stop trying to mess around and do other shows. <laughs> just put those shows on there. People love them. They're gonna watch them. They can go on for ten seasons. Like Smallville. Oh, yeah. Like why, why miss with the four? Hey, it's small, yeah, so it's well. Smallville went on for ten seasons, and then then you know how how that wasn't that well uh, received and all that. These shows could do a, a million times better. Yeah. So yeah, to me it's like don't 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 try and fix what's not broken. And Supergirl should absolutely be on the CW. Yeah. And then maybe the, the, can... the only thing about the only thing about that is uh with moving to CW that means the budget is is definitely going to be cut at least by half. Yeah. Because uh even though you know CW is co-owned by CBS, the budget they get for shows isn't something like that CBS uh would give out. So that definitely budget cost right there. You know, budget cuts alone could, could you know could greatly affect the show, and then because it's going to be on a CW, if oh if it goes to CW, that means it ha- the production has to move from LA to Vancouver because you know the CW does everything um, uh, in Canada or specifically in Vancouver. Oh, I see. So you know that that means the stars would have to move, move, and everything would have to move, and with with that kind of move, you have the possibility of losing cast members. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that and, and, you know, it's like so many things, you know, will have to change and we, we might get like different sets. There's a very big possibility, you know, like different scenery and like even things like that. It's like a lot of change could, you know, those kind of changes could affect the show greatly. So just, you know, if that move does happen, and, and I, I really do hope it does because it's the only way the show is going to survive uh, at this point, you know, it just hopefully that doesn't, doesn't affect the quality. Yeah. That or at least too much. Well, all I know is Vancouver is nice this time of year, so they should go ahead and make that move. I feel like what they could do, yeah. you know, even though it might be kind of lame, where it's like, obviously, the Supergirl universe right now is different from the Flash Arrow universe, is maybe just kind of like do like a soft reboot where like now Supergirl's in that universe. So if they do have to recast people and change some stuff, that would explain it. If like if she just becomes brand new again, you know, and then CW kind of picks up from that, you know, um, that storyline. Yeah. Like maybe she ends up getting permanently sent to their universe or something, but I don't know. I don't know how they'll, how they'll do it, but hopefully they'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Cause yeah, we're supposed to find out, I think sometime by this week or next week, because, uh, like all the, you know, all the networks and all, all the TV, uh, uh, companies are, are doing the upfront soon, you know, where they're going to be revealing their fall schedules and all that. 
Mm. Uh, you know, once they have that, that means that, you know, they have everything unlocked. So we'll, we'll be finding out very soon, you know, like Supergirl's fate. Because like, like if CBS was to keep it, then, you know, that means they would have to, you know, for one thing, order less episodes. And season one was already 20 episodes. And that's rare for CBS because like all their shows are tend to be somewhere between uh, 22, 24 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully um, CW will be um, in, in Supergirl's future. I think that's probably the, the best place for that show to be. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> so, I'm just going to just jump into X-Men altogether. So, of course, we know that, you know, the current X-Men movie that's out, X-Men Apocalypse, takes place in the 80s. <coughs> They've now officially said it's going to take Night. place in the 90s, which was kind of expected. They're obviously jumping, you know, a decade for each movie. Um, ironically, they decided to put Jubilee in the 80s movie, which... You know, I would have thought they would have saved for the '90s to try and make it more like X-Men: The Animated Series. <coughs> well, they, they, they might have not known if they were going to be do uh, do one, and especially set one in the '90s at that. You know, when they had Jubilee chosen for the for Apocalypse. But I knew, I knew. The second they you said, did, no, that's right, you did. Because I remember you calling me at least like there's going to be one in the '90s. You said it. Yeah, they should just they should just ask me. They should consult me. Like I need Mark <laughs> Miller's job where he's Fox's like X Man liaison. Yeah, he was supposed to be like Fox's hype machine, and I think he did like what one hype, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's too busy like adapting every comic he makes into a movie, so he didn't have time for Fox anymore. <laughs> At least not for the X Men. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it would be cool. Hopefully, they'll have a very '90s vibe. I I would love to have the movie have at least some of the feel of the X-Men cartoon. Um, I don't have a lot of high hopes for that, but um, I definitely have my fingers crossed. So, um, and then uh, just talking about X-Men Apocalypse. So I'm pretty excited to see it. <laughs> I'm already seeing like less than stellar reviews for it. Um, I've been seeing anywhere from like five, five out of 10 to seven out of 10 for the reviews, um, which is ironic because that's what I expected for X-Men Days of Future Past. And then it ended up like blowing me away. So I came in with higher expectations for this movie because it's like, well, they Brian Singer showed he could really do it, and now it's ironic that like this is what I was expecting he would deliver as a director. But having not seen it yet, I still want to see it, give it a chance. Um, apparently, the Quicksilver scene still sh- um, steals the show. So obviously, there's definitely hey, it's, it stole the show for Apo- for Apocalypse for uh, you know Days of Future Past. Absolutely, yeah, and they say that it steals the show again. So. I think it's worth watching, if not for, you know, just for that. Well, not just for that, but that's probably a big part of it. <coughs> so, I don't know if you... Yeah, have any, yeah you, you never know. You, you might be still be pleasantly surprised. Like, even if the reviews, uh, you know, say say whatever they say. And, you know, I don't bother with them because, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know what? That person didn't like it. That means I'm not going to bother with it. Like, no, like, make up your own mind, dude. I mean, it's it's one thing to say whether you recommend it or not, but it, like if you still want to see it, go see it. Decide for yourself if it's good or bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely will be in the theater probably day one seeing it. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, the other thing I was going to mention with the '90s X Men. So so now that they've already you know they've made Rogue the the young kid in the first X Men movie, Jubilee is already going to be in the '80s version. So I this this is why I'm confident that Iceman will be in the next one because they need they need the young archetypal hero for the audience to kind of see through their eyes. The only other person, actually I was going to say Kitty Pride, but Kitty Pride's already been in it. So I think, I think Iceman might be the dude for, uh, for the 90s X-Men. 
If only because I, I'm, I, I mean, I've definitely seen this from a fanboy point of view. Um, but you know, it's still my, you know, it's just my opinion, whatever, or whatever. But it's just it's like, how do you have four of the original X Men in one movie, but you forget about like the best ones? Like, come on. <laughs> I think his time <laughs> is come coming. On. You can't. Not fair. Even though, ironically, he wasn't a big part of the animated series. Like, to me, if you want to capture the fun of the 90s, like, Iceman seems like the hero you'd want to go with. Yeah. He's the hero that X-Men yeah, movie like, fans deserve. I could, yeah, you know, if they're going to, you know, maybe we'll finally see uh, maybe, like, a like a younger Bobby Drake. It, it, it most likely they'll probably try to have him, like, maybe, like, I don't know, 12 years old or, or something. I don't know. Uh, but but the thing is, is that if what what I know, um, obviously not knowing what they're going to do exactly with the '90s movie is if you're going to have any of the other uh, actors like you know like Xavier or the ones we're, we're seeing right now from these last couple of movies, how will you actually make them look older? Because <laughs> we we've been seeing a lot of you know, these characters for, you know their their timeline wise for like forty seven years and they've barely aged. And then for, like ten years after like you know like uh, after the '90s movies, suddenly they they're going to look like fifty years older or something. It's like come on, like. Where's the transition where we should be seeing? Yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day. Once they announced the 90s thing, it's like, the very next X-Men movie takes place in the year 2000. So it's like, unless they go through a time warp and all of a sudden get aged up. That's why I had posted on Facebook. I'm like, I don't think they're ever going back to the original cast because doing this decade jumping thing has completely made it impossible for them to do it. I mean, well, not impossible because obviously they don't care about continuity at all. Um, hashtag striker and, and jumping around with his age. But I feel like this new cast is so popular, especially with Jennifer Lawrence being part of it. I would be very surprised if they ever bring back like the original cast, unless it's another like time travel um, storyline. I know that's why, that's why, that's why I, like, I, I replied to the girl Ice Man sad face. Never see him again. <laughs> yeah, you probably won't see the other Ice Man back, but I hope I hope they if I hope they at least bring Ice Man back in. Maybe Tom Holland can play him too. He can just be a Ice Man from Queens. <laughs> Forget about it. I don't know. Well, 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 well yeah, we'll see. Because I mean, like, the thing is, like, yeah, they, they think they completely change. I, like, I, I know, like, the Days of Future Past thing, like, changed its timeline so drastically, where you had two characters that were born, you know, that were like young after the year, like, two thousand ten or whatever, suddenly appearing in, like in a nineteen eighty three, but uh, like, like Jubilee, like Jubilee and Angel, something yeah. like, or oh, Nightcrawler. Yeah, they've completely destroyed their timeline, but, but. I mean, just like the X-Men comics, I think they're just trying to be true to the comics. The X-Men timeline does not make sense, so why should the movie timeline? <laughs> yep. <laughs> they should, they, you know, they should have somebody, you know, Marvel up in mouth. Yeah, I know, right. <clears throat> Mark Miller, again. But the funny thing, too, is that uh, maybe stopping the Sentinels just made everyone stop aging. Like, there's so much less stress <laughs> because they know the future is safe, and now they're just going to be, like, 40 years younger when they should be, like, you know, a lot older. So, it's, yeah. you, know, you know what they say? Yeah, because, like, like Xavier is, like, what? In his, what, 40s, mid-40s <laughs> by Apocalypse, and he still looks like he's, like, you know, like, by, probably just turning 30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But you know what? I, I kind of love it. It's just, it's just very X-Men. It at least doesn't feel like, at least feels in line with the way X-Men likes to do business. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the other the other X Men tidbit is that the next Wolverine movie, which I don't know if it's been confirmed or if it's still rumored to be Old Man Logan, 
But to me, um, you know what? I'm not sure because uh, there was I think was it last yeah last year, Hugh Jackman came out during like San Diego Comic Con, and he said to the crowd, he was like, "Was Wolverine three, old man Logan?" Oh, and right. to have the star himself say those words at the X Men panel, I'm like, how is that not like a confirmation? <laughs> but then afterwards, like, oh, you know, we you know they're not saying we don't know, blah blah blah. It's like it's like it's like come on, it's like. There's there's no sense in playing these games. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like just just come out all right. Like if Hugh Jackman said it, it's like you know just just say outright that it's Old Man Logan. <laughs> yeah, they may as well. But definitely, if there's ever any comic to be adapted that probably the R rating is necessary, Old Man Logan would be the one because that is one grisly comic. Um. <clears throat> So, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm definitely excited. Like, I, I, I can definitely see it being rated R, and you know, because like obviously the people are, you know I wonder like oh how can they do Old Man Logan? You don't have Hawkeye, you don't have Hulk. So I'm like, well, you, look look at Civil War. They, they they don't have Fantastic Four. They don't have like oh you know all these other uh, Sp- uh, not Spider Man, um you know um <laughs> like all these these other characters that that, that were in it. They don't have a cloak and dagger in it. You know they don't have. Like literally half like the Marvel universe in it, and yet they still pulled off their own version of Civil War. Like you really can't think like they're gonna do uh, like you know uh, 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 a spiritual adaptation of Old Man Logan. It's like why is it okay for Civil War but not Old Man Logan? Like that doesn't doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean it pretty much has already been proven that they can do it and do it well. You know, I mean Civil War, yeah, yeah they only had like a fraction of the characters. And in my opinion, already did it better than the actual comics. So there's no reason why Old Man yeah. Logan can't be. <coughs> can't be adapted. Oh, you know what? Just a really quick thing going back to Civil War. I I, I wanted to say this early and I compl- uh, completely forgot. The scene at the beginning where the that mother was talking to Tony Stark. Uh-huh. Well, you know, like, oh, like that her son died. That was directly from the comics. Well, almost directly. Um, and it wasn't a black woman, and it wasn't like the same death. But they took they took that exact same spirit of the scene. And adapted to the movie, and I thought that was fantastic. Like, I think the only thing that was missing was like the mother spitting at Tony, because that—that's what happened in the comics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read it, but that sounds very familiar. <coughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah like, like, uh, just... the, the the mother, like one of her ch- uh, children, was the one that in, in the comics died in, in the Stanford incident, and you know she blames Tony for it, even though it actually it really isn't Tony's fault per se, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like like she, you know, she gets you know yells at him, blames at him, and then spit him, spits in his face, and it was kind of basically like the same thing in the movie, just you know, minus the spitting. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted, I just wanted to bring that up. I, I I love that they they put that from the comics into the movie. Yeah, they just did such a good job of just I don't know, just taking that source material and just you know, just really just having like a hyper focus to make like such a great movie. <coughs> Yeah, because the people and then like you know coming back to like Wolverine three, if it is Old Man Logan, because Simon Kinberg, uh, you know the, the one who produces and uh, like almost all the X Men movies now, he, like he did confirm that like not only is the movie rated R, but that it was going to be taking place in the, in the future. Yeah. So you know for for anybody who was a continuity now, that means past the year twenty twenty three. How far we don't know, but I'm I'm guessing it's going to be pretty far, at least maybe twenty years. Uh, <laughs> give you know give or take you know. But like people ask me, you know, like, well, you know, you know, uh, how are they going to adapt it if they don't have like Hawkeye or, or you know, Spider Man or any of these characters in the movie, you know, Hulk? Like, you can easily just replace other characters, you know, into them. X Men. You and I have talked have talked about this before. Like, 
instead of Mysterio, you know, he's the one that tricks Wolverine into killing all the X Men. This is where you bring Mastermind. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he can, you know, the, the Master of Illusions. I mean, how how obviously he's the, you know he's the obvious choice. You know, you know what about the Hulk family? Well, then, well, maybe instead of like Hulk, you know, and his incestuous family, whatever, maybe Sabretooth, maybe or somebody. You know, instead of like Hawkeye being a you know buddy, maybe uh, maybe you have Nightcrawler who survives. You know, obviously, you know, in in this case, Wolverine might not kill all all the X Men. Maybe he kills like a majority of them. Yeah. So again, so instead of Hawkeye, maybe you have uh, maybe you have Nightcrawler. Maybe you can bring Nightcrawler back in because in the comics they kind of have like that. You know that. You know that BFF kind of relationship. Maybe you could finally show that on the screen. You know, in, instead of like, uh, like in the comics, they have was it the daughter, uh, a Spider Man. I think was it like Spider Man and and Hawkeye's child, or I, I can't remember now. It's been so long. Yeah, but uh, it was because it, it was like a, like a Spider Girl. Like maybe instead of her, you know, you you have like maybe Kitty Pride or something. I don't know. You know, it's like you can easily replace it. Because obviously this is not gonna, this won't be a direct adaptation, but you could still take you know like the spirit of it and do a loose adaptation because the um, its predecessor like the Wolverine that was loosely based on Wolverine's first miniseries by Claremont and Frank Miller. Yeah. So I'm like you can do you can do loose adaptations and still keep the spirit of the story and just you know adapt it to you know you know whatever uh, story you're doing for the movie because obviously it's gonna be something different. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the X-Men universe is so vast. It's like they're not going to have a shortage of characters to pull from to replace <coughs> those other characters. It's like they might not end up being as iconic as like the Red Skull or Hulk, but, you know, they yeah. definitely, you know, they can definitely pull it off with ease. Yeah, instead of, instead of Red Skull, like, ruling the U.S., maybe, you know, like Magneto, you know, finally, you know, that's what he, he you know, maybe he finally takes over. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff they can do. I may eventually finish my blog of how they can do it. <laughs> you know, hopefully before the movie comes out. That's right. You were working on that. Yep. One day, it, I'm gonna file that under summer projects. It's somewhere in the archive. <laughs> yes, indeed. So <clears throat> we'll end with this last topic. Um, I know you had put on the the show notes. Um, the Van Jensen interview. So if you want to talk about that. Yes. Okay. So, if anybody doesn't know, Van Jensen, uh, he writes comic books. Uh, he writes for DC and I guess uh, Independent, but for DC, he's currently writing the Flash. Oh, nice. So I, I I follow him on Twitter, and currently he's in Georgia, and not the U.S. state, the country in Europe, Georgia, as an ambassador for ambassador of comics. Like it was him. David Mack and other people that were chosen to be ambassador of comics, and you know they're over there, you know, um, you know, telling them about comics and et cetera. And I actually have a document that um, that explains it in better detail that I'll have for another time. But uh, yeah, he's talking about it on, on on Twitter, and he uh, I, I he actually replies to a lot of things I, I tell to him. Like uh, he's, like he was saying like, oh, you know what, I'm flying to Georgia now, you know, and I'm like, oh, hey, safe travels. He's like, oh, thank you. So you know he's he has like he's actually a cool guy that actually re- responds back to, you know, re- responds back to you. And there was a tweet a couple of days ago where he said, if anybody wants information on you know on you know on the ambassador program, you know, so, you know, you know, to let him know. And I told him, well, you know, what? I would love information on it if, if at all possible. And he 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 like direct messaged me a couple minutes later. What's your email? I'm like, wait a minute, he's not following me. I thought you had to like follow each other to to DM somebody. 
But yeah, he, he, he direct messaged me. I told him what my email was. I thanked him. He sent me the information. It's like this really, you know, like a uh, document that almost looked like you, you bring something like to court or, or whatever. <laughs> and I, and then like afterwards, she's like, oh, if anybody wants to, you know, to, to talk about this, you know, or, or something, want an interview to let me know. And I was like, oh, wait, okay. So I emailed him um, like right afterwards, like, you know, again, like, thank you for sending me this. Uh, if at all possible, you know, I'd, I'd love to have you on my podcast or interview, you, you know, however, you know, we want the interview to go. Like, it, it, I think like just a couple minutes later, uh, he was like, you know what? Hey, I would love to do it. Cause like, can you email me after back after a certain date when he's back in the States? I'm like, absolutely. I can. I was like, enjoy your trip. <coughs> so yeah. I, 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 so there's no date yet, obviously. Um, but I, after he said after May 18th, I, um, just to email him again to remind him. So, uh, so yeah, so he's so afterwards. I just, I just email him after May eighteenth, and and then we'll we'll set up, you know, like you know when the interview is gonna take place and how it's gonna take place. I'm hoping it'll be in the podcast, but if not, you know, I'll do the interview by email or by text. I don't care how it gets done as long as it gets <laughs> done. But yeah, yeah it's just uh, there you go. So at sometime probably this summer, we'll I'll definitely be interviewing Van Jensen. Nice. It, 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 the main topic will be on. On the ambassador program, but I'm definitely gonna be throwing in some comic book, you know, flash questions in there. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really fantastic. Like, yeah, when you told me, I was really excited for you. Like, even though I'm not really even that familiar with him, that's still it's still great. It's like, <clears throat> you know, just just to be able to keep landing these, you know, just big interviews. So yeah, that's great. And, you know, congratulations on just continuing. Yeah, thanks. To do yeah, it. it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Like, like he's, he's a cool guy, and like I'm reading Flash and. Uh, and he's doing a great job on it. So you know, I, I yeah, I definitely can't wait to see to, to, to interview him. Like, oh, is it May eighteenth yet? He made it's actually next week. It's literally a week from today. Oh, so nice. I mean, I'm obviously gonna wait till that day because you know, uh, like his flight is like seventeen hours or something like that. So I'm probably gonna wait till maybe like uh, you know, like the Monday afterwards and like send him an email. You know, give him a couple of days to, to to recuperate from. You know the, the the long trip and and all that before I before I email him. Yeah, but yeah, that's great. Yeah, I look forward to to hearing the interview. <clears throat> Possibly it can help with some questions. Oh, absolutely! You know, oh, you know, I'm coming to you for help on that. <laughs> I'm the oracle now. <laughs> the oracle of questions. Yeah, come to me, Neo. But yeah, but yeah, that's fantastic. Definitely something to look forward to. Um. Speaking of looking forward to, <clears throat> I'm going to try and have the Between the Panel episodes like the second Monday of every month. Hopefully, we can stick to that schedule. I'll try to do that this month. It didn't quite work out. Um, I had some other things that I had to do. But just to give people like a consistent feel again, just like, uh, you know, when we when we used to do the SOA every Monday. So, yeah. So, we'll try to come back um, first Monday of June. And unless you hear otherwise, um, I'll try to also start posting that on the Facebook page as well. So, yeah, just hoping and just trying to get to summer. When I get to summer, hopefully I'll get more time and we can do this. We can do the damn thing. <laughs> so, unless you got anything else before we sign off? Uh, I do not have, I mean, we, we do have that thing about uh, about Jessica Jones season two. Right, how it's uh, supposedly, yeah. How, well, Chris and Ritter like said on on um, an 
in some interview somewhere and that was posted today where she's saying that the defenders, well, for her anyways, that the defenders and Jessica Jones will be shooting back to back. So as soon as she's done with defenders, she's going right into shooting Jessica Jones season two. And I, don't see, I mean, I don't, it's interesting to see because obviously, the, you know, um, Marvel and, and Netflix aren't saying anything, and that, that's going to be a while before they actually do. And the Defenders are going to start shooting later this year, so uh, it's definitely just like a joke sometime shooting next year, whether, whether that means that it'll air at the end of next year and have three Marvel shows on Netflix with Iron Fist, Defenders, and Jessica Jones, or they shoot it next year, but it won't come out until 2018. That's going to be, you know, remains to be seen, but... Uh, we we knew it was coming because like even before they confirmed Jessica Jones season two, the, the producers have said that the show a second season for the show wouldn't happen until after Defenders, anyways, because of the schedule. But either way, it's coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, because people were I was kind of worried about that where it's like is, is one going to delay the other? But the fact that they're shooting back to back, and I guess you also said it might even overlap a bit. I think that's really good news. So hopefully, we won't have to wait as long for Defenders or for season two of Jessica Jones. <laughs> right, but yeah, definitely excited. Uh, this Marvel Netflix has just become like some of my favorite TV. Like if Game of Thrones didn't exist, it would it would easily be Marvel Netflix just as a whole. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm just excited for Luke Cage, excited for Iron Fist, excited for Jessica Jones, and of course, um, Defenders, which I think is going to be amazing. And I hope all of this. Yeah, I, I know. I I can't wait till that starts shooting and we start getting like set photos and. And then and in a trailer sometime like oh man this is like I, like I said it's like it's the waiting that kills you for it when for things you want to know about. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Oh man, I just yeah, just like when they finally started talking about Iron Fist, it's like it it just gets me giddy and excited. So when we actually start seeing Defenders and we can actually see them all like you know on screen together, it's it's gonna be it's gonna feel like you know the way like. The Avengers felt, you know, when it's like finally you see all these heroes together for the first time. Oh yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely very excited. <clears throat> and yeah, it it just couldn't come soon soon enough. Absolutely. But yeah. Well, until next time. <clears throat> I'm Prometheus. I'm Ice. And this has been Between the Panels. Panels. Bye bye, y'all. Peace.